Hi, everyone, and welcome to the Good Tech Fest podcast. My name is Andrew Means. I'm the founder of Good Tech Fest, a global community of technologists, data scientists, product managers, philanthropists, and more that are dedicated to figuring out how to use data and technology to drive social impact. I am just so excited to start this podcast where I'm going to sit down and get to talk with really interesting folks that are doing great work in data and technology to drive social impact and very excited for today's guest, Jake Porway. But before I get started with my conversation with Jake, let's hear from today's sponsor. This season of the Good Tech Fest podcast is sponsored by Okta. More than 13,000 organizations around the world trust Okta to secure the connections between people and technology. For example, many listeners know that Teach for America is a nonprofit working to ensure that all children in the United States have access to excellent education. But what you probably don't know is that a few years ago, they began moving their entire tech infrastructure to the cloud. After almost 30 years in operation, TFA's community included more than 60,000 staff, core members, and alumni who needed secure, reliable, and remote access to a huge variety of applications. Teach for America decided to implement Okta's workforce identity products, including single sign-on, adaptive multi-factor authentication, lifecycle management, and universal directory. The result is that TFA's community can continue to grow seamlessly and securely. Whether you work for one of the world's most recognized brands or for a small but mighty nonprofit, Okta helps anyone to safely use any technology. Learn more at Okta.com. That's O-K-T-A.com. Jake, thanks so much for joining me. Um, it's yeah. always great to, to sit down and chat. Absolutely. My pleasure. One of my favorite people to talk to about this kind of stuff. So really glad to be here. Well, Jake, why don't we begin by just having you share a little bit about who you are, what you're up to now, and what you've been doing you know, for the last uh, 10 years or so. Yeah, sure, sure thing. Um, so I know we and you and I both met. Uh, through similar paths of being at the forefront of what people were talking about as data for good back about 10 years ago. Uh, (laughs) This feels both like a really long time and like no time at all. Uh, Ended up kind of inadvertently starting an organization called DataKind, uh, where data scientists who wanted to use their skills for good, but, you know, they didn't have an option to go leave and work for the Red Cross and were stuck working at Google or something, um, could volunteer their time to work with nonprofits or governments or other social organizations to figure out how they could use data science better. So that was kind of, you know, came out of my personal desire to just want to be a volunteer and say, hey, I want to use my skills to use data science with the social sector that uh, ended up growing to helping other folks do that as well. There, I mean, there are tons of great exciting stories about data kind, but I won't you know, go into them all here. And I'll say what's been exciting about kind of watching the space over those 10 years is um, seeing how much folks have started to grow in like using the, the kind of vernacular of talking about data and technology. So I, you know, when we started, data was purely synonymous with measurement and evaluation. That's it. You know, you use data as a nonprofit to show your funders you did something or to test if your interventions work. Um, and now it seems, you know, pretty common parlance to hear folks talking about using data or machine learning to, uh, you know, have chatbots, for example, help folks with um, getting social services or building predictive models of how their programs are gonna work. So it's been nice seeing that that happen. Um, but at the same time, uh, you know, for all the work that data, DataKind uh, could do, one thing that I thought was mission, missing from the space generally and that we certainly couldn't do was 
kind of spell out kind of a vision of what would it look like to use data science as a field, like to really tackle large challenges or to put another way, when we talk about making a data-driven social sector, like what is that vision of that? What does that look like? Um, and I think that was really, I think it's still kind of missing today. Um, and so I, uh, I left DataKind last year and been spending some time this year uh, with data.org, really a super cool organization um, that's trying to build the field of data science for good. It's being kind of a platform for partnerships for folks working together uh, on doing that to kind of think more about what does the, what, is, what does that vision look like and, and how might we take some steps forward beyond just individual projects of, of using data for good? And I think it's so interesting, one, that the motivation to just have something for ourselves uh, is what drove us to start organizations, right? Like you started DataKind out of a desire to be a volunteer, you know, doing data science. I started Data Analysts for Social Good out of a desire to be like, there's have to be other kind of like data analysts at nonprofits and I need to find them. Yeah. Um, and so like, I think like, you know, looking back, yeah, about 10, 12 years ago, there just wasn't organizations that were um, providing that kind of capacity building support. And, and infrastructure for, for the sector. But I also mm -hmm. think that evolution, I'd love to dive into a little bit of the evolution you're talking about, moving from monitoring and evaluation to much more of this data science perspective, right? Because there, there actually is, from my perspective at least, and I'd be curious your thoughts here, like very different methodological underpinnings. Uh, um, when, you, yeah. when you start kind of with the, the monitoring and evaluation world, which tends to come out of social science training, and you're now kind of in this data analytics, data science world, which is much more of like a, a computational um, computer science almost background. Like, I'd love to, to hear your thoughts on like how we've seen that transition occur um, and where we are in that, that process and the roles of, of both of those methodologies, quite frankly. Yeah, oh, man, what, it's a great question. And I think a really great point. I totally agree with you. Coming from different methodological backgrounds, they, they, they're sort of tackling different challenges and there's different cultures around them. Um, and, uh, you know, I, I think this was, you'd see a lot of this, especially I think like five years ago, a lot of panels out on, uh, was on you'd have uh, someone from measurement evaluation or social sciences really focused on, uh, you know, extremely top-down approaches for knowledge generation, right? We're going to design an experiment to test if this you know, homelessness initiative is having an effect and it's very important to take into account bias and, you know, across the board, data collection, et cetera, so that we can very, you know, in the, in the gentle tentative way we do as scientists, try to assert some little piece of knowledge we might be able to uh, plant a flag in. And then they'd be sitting next to these engineers from IBM or Amazon who were like, yeah, we just throw massive amounts of data into a computer and whatever comes out, that's great. And it was like the social scientists' hands were going to explode. <laughs> but I, I think you really captured it well. Um, the, the reason there's that explosion is because they both think they're doing the same thing. But I think to your point, um, one is very much rooted in the, the tradition of statistics and is primarily, I think, as an output looking to create the big air quotes knowledge, right? You're trying to say something true about the world. There's a lot of responsibility in that. Whereas on the computer science side, there's more of... Uh, focus on efficiency. How do I take what I do today and do it faster and cheaper? You know, I, it's going to be very expensive for Netflix to hire people to manually recommend movies to people, but you know, computers could speed that up. Huzzah, we're going to save some money. I see less of that fight going on, but I, I, I want to hear your thoughts on this because I think it's actually just shifted arenas a little bit. I don't think we ever really resolved it. I think people are very still pretty unclear on the difference between um, you know, st statistical modeling for measurement evaluation versus 
algorithms that use models to, to speed up a process. Uh, but I, I think we already had enough problems with that. I think one of the reasons is because people use the word data as this great signifier. And it's one of the vaguest terms you could possibly use. So <laughs> I think that's partially why we can't see um, each other well is because we, we think every activity related to data is under the data umbrella, but they're very, could be very different, different outcomes we care about. Uh, and now of course, AI is in the mix, you know, which has become a confusing catch all for a number of data-driven algorithmic techniques. Uh, and of course, the the misuses of that are, are you know taking a lot of the energy and, and the focus. And so, uh, you know, it's not a very succinct way of putting, it, except that I think that people might have made some progress. Uh, the measurement and evaluation people might have calmed down a little bit about some of the algorithm stuff and realizing it's a little bit different um, than what they're doing. But nevertheless, I don't think people are clear about what we're doing with this technology, what the different outcomes are, and, and the whole AI uh, debate is just swirling people further. So I think that's actually a big problem. I'm being curious to hear what you think. Yeah, I, I would tend to agree. I, I think, um, I don't think we've necessarily actually resolved these two camps. If you have kind of like the statistics, social science camp, and you have like the computer science uh, camp. And I think you're, you're right on. I like the idea of like, you know, the statistics, you know, monitoring evaluation camp is on knowledge, right? Like they want to be able to prove that an intervention typically is causing some kind of outcome in the world. And there's, and there's also, I think though, also grounded in a um, world in which you can't measure everything. Because right? yeah. like statistics is really based on the idea of like, I'm going to take a sample of a population and I'm going to make sure that I can extract whatever the results I see in that sample from that sample to the population. Right. And um, and we live in a world where that's actually not quite as true in some weird ways, right? Like we actually can get vast amounts of data and all kinds of things like that. But I think there still is an important role for that kind of methodological um, uh, set of tools to play in helping ensure like causality, um, and designing really good experimentations to, to understand that because there are places where that's really important. And Absolutely. yet that's, that's not the only thing we can do with data, as you said, the big umbrella term of data. And I right. think the computer science kind of AI data analytics crew is much more concerned about efficiency. And it's about saying like, how can we um, embed insights and uh, the results of algorithms into our workflow so that we're doing things you know, better, faster um, yeah. kind of idea. And I think that's actually a really important idea for organizations to wrestle with, especially in the social sector, um, where it's like, how can we, like, what are the little efficiencies that can be gained? And how do we invest in continuous improvement where we're really um, you know, developing rapid cycles of learning um, to make our, our work better, faster? And I don't think, like, I do think, you know, you and I have probably sat on some of those panels where it's like you have the computer scientist, you have the social scientist, and, you know, they both are frustrating each other. And, and I don't think we need to do that. I, I think it much more is about how do we use the right tools and methods to address the kind of question that's, that's, um, that we need to answer. I think for me, it's about, like, how do we continue to expand the toolkit available to us Mm -hmm. to kind of turn data, the raw resource of data, into useful insight and action. Um, and so I don't think it's like an either or. I really do think it's a both and, and it's really around like what's the, what's the question that you're trying to answer and yeah. de designing the, you know, bringing the right methods and tools, tools to that. Yep, absolutely. I couldn't agree more. Um, and actually, this was um, 
you know, really kind of nagging back my mind as I left data kind was this confusion of language, I think, like of data meaning so many different things, being kind of a, a stand in for different outcomes and different activities. Uh, and so a lot of my work, uh, the, you know, about that I've been working at data.org on is, is trying to crisp up some of that language a little bit, just, you know, landscape out for the folks that are saying, you know, data for good. And we talk about another extremely vague term, even, even leaving aside the philosophical question of what good is, uh, you know, <laughs> people hear good, it might mean everything from, you know, uh, improving impact on a direct service or uh, increasing uh, representation and equity within a field. It could mean so many different things. Um, and trying to kind of drill down and say, okay, so what are the kinds of common activities and outcomes people are working on? Because I, I think we have this kind of Tower of Babel situation where one of the reasons we're not able to make progress in the way that I think we could as a sector is that we are all talking past each other. We can't, we, you know, it's not even that we don't know what the other person's saying. We all think we know we're saying the same thing and we really aren't. And so, um, so it's very like, you know, early, early work and kind of, kind of a light touch, but some of the things I was trying to look at, and I think would be helpful. I'd love your thoughts on this, but I, I try to help people navigate this a little bit is to talk a little bit about, you know, what are the different outcomes people care about with data? What, what are the, um, the systems they're working in? Like what system do you want to change with that, uh, that intervention and, and how might you be changing the data pipeline to do that? So like to make that concrete, if you're to think about organizations that come up in a search for data for good or AI for good, you know, you might have the Algorithmic Justice League. A lot of folks know them because of their work with coded bias, a video about bias and facial recognition, AI algorithms. Um, and you might get, um, you know, Columbia's Data for Good program, uh, the Columbia University's Data Science Training Program, all, you know, both pop up together. And yeah, they're both, you know, working to vaguely make the world good, right? Uh, better, and they're both using data. But one is really about um, specifically using art and research to try to change a for-profit AI systems from doing harm. Uh, the other one's trying to train more data science talent to ideally go join the social sector and enhance its capabilities to apply data science to specifically social, I'll say not for-profit primarily problems. So that, that's just like from those two vastly different kind of like branches of the family tree. Um, and um, it, to give just kind of one, you know, insight or one thought on that, I think one of the, the biggest dividing lines that um, or two, I'll say two of the biggest dividing lines that I think come up a lot that people don't specify around. Um, one, just broadly speaking, the conversation around um, trying to you know, drive change in the for-profit sector versus the not-for-profit sector. Um, they have totally different incentives. And, and yet when people talk about ethics of AI or about using data or, or this or that, it, a lot gets mixed together between trying to get, you know, Google to preserve the privacy of your data and getting nonprofits to, to think about better data infrastructure. And those, those problems can kind of live on, on different sides of the fence because there's totally different kind of levers. There's different carrots and sticks you can use in each, right? Um, I, I think you're right on, right? Like, and I think it goes back to, um, we're seeing some maturing in the sector, right? Like, I do think there's a point where, you know, all things data was just like a big, like mess of grayness, right? Like, and it was like, yeah, data was monitoring evaluation. It was dashboards. It was yeah. CRM systems, right? Like it was like kind of this whole mishmash. And, and I think, you know, we are maturing as a sector and let's set aside the whole like 
agreed on that the questions around like the data for good moniker right like what does that even mean and, and all of that but like within this umbrella there are a number of different places and levers that can be pulled um to have cause some sort of kind of action right like a lot of the work that i've been focused on and uh, throughout my career has been like how do we help you know organizations providing services in the field use data and technology well to do that better right like that's the, the good, good tech fast that's largely what we're focused on that's largely what i've spent my career on is like if you're if you're running you know a dropout risk program at a high school how do we help surface the students that are most at risk using you know uh, machine learning if you're uh, you know whatever it is right like it's very kind of programmatic focused but there are these other kind of spots within the you know broader data for good ecosystem that's about yeah how do we get companies um, to better you know protect our data and, and advocate for privacy and um, how do we you know get government uh, to utilize these tools effectively how do we ensure that um you know we have good you know capacity building education resources like there's all different kinds of of things that are needed and i think it's it also stems from this maturing of like data isn't just one thing yeah. Like, I think, you know, like when we started this uh, kind of work, you know, 10, 10 plus years ago, um, I would see so many organizations be like, I just hired a data person, right? <laughs> like, and it'd be like, like, I got my data person, yeah. you know, and it just happened to be whoever on their team knew what a pivot table in Excel was, 100%. and they're like, yeah. <laughs> you're, you're a data person. And, and I always thought it reminded me of like the webmaster of the early 90s, oh, right? They're like, perfect. there's this new internet thing. And like we hired somebody to do this internet thing. And now yeah. we know like the internet's like all these different kinds of jobs and all these different kinds of specializations. And the same thing is true in the data world, right? Like there's all kinds of different different roles to be filled um, from engineering, data collection, analysis, different types of analysis, different types of methodologies. Um, and, and I think the same thing is true of organizations, right? There's lots of different things that we can do um, different goals we might have as quote unquote data for good organizations. Um, and I think, yeah, like the work that you're doing to map that out, I think is really, really helpful and also a result of a maturing sector that, you know, we couldn't have done that 10 years ago. Uh, yeah, I think that's a really great point. And um, I, I think it's a, a kind of a natural evolution that probably these fields have to go through. Um, you know, Webmaster is such a good analogy reminds me also of the, the social media guru when social media was <laughs> yeah um, exactly. and yeah and i think you're right that it has to you know kind of step one in the in the in any of these movements is is awareness and building demand basically right having the conversations that why should you care as a resource constrained nonprofit to sit here and think about data science or try to get your funders to fund data science why would it even matter and while i think the world writ large is trying to kind of better understand the ROI on data science, so to speak. I'm largely speaking, the, the demands there, there's various supply there, there's people providing services and data tools. And I think you're right that, that phase two now is um, clarity of need. You know, what is the type of thing I need under this big umbrella of data science? Do I need a machine learning person to actually come write algorithms uh, for me? Or do I just need, uh, you know, help building a infrastructure to hold my, my metrics so I can, you know, show my funders what I'm doing? So I think that that's probably next is the stage we're going through right now is this hardening up. Um, I do think also one thing that this may have been true about the web too. I, I wasn't really uh, in the social sector when it was kind of coming about. I think it's just worth also acknowledging that um, 
it's not as if data science and AI is kind of a hardened set of practices that everyone in the business world understands and all the books are clear and unanimous. And now we're trying to apply it to the social sector or, or catch the social sector up. Um, but in fact, you have incredibly large number of shifting points. I mean, those terms themselves are very fuzzy in the corporate world. We're kind of redefining what it means to use data properly and, and ethically. Um, so that kind of generally is going on at the same time, trying to figure out how it specifically applies within the social context. So I think that's also um, partially why we have, why it may feel confusing to folks about what is the right thing to do. So there's a lot of, um, uh, uh, it's a dynamic landscape, I should say. Yeah, and I, I think that's such a good point is that this isn't about yet yeah, catching up the social sector. It, it really is, is like everyone's trying to figure out how to, uh, extract the most value from data and use that in effective ways and figure out how to structure technologies and teams and processes. Um, and it is, it is such, such a dynamic space, not just within the kind of social sector context, but within, you know, government, within business and all of these other kinds of contexts as well. Yeah. And um, to forgive me, once a podcast like comes on, I'm like, I got all this stuff I want to talk about. So it's like, uh, kind of on jumping based on what you were saying there. Um, in the name of figuring it out, you know, I think that's actually the big opportunity for the social sector around data and computing for good is the opportunity to build a vision and understanding of this technology that is not just copy paste from the for-profit world. And um, to be specific about that, I actually think, uh, you know, it's it's it, that's not just say that's not just like a nice term like oh we should have it our way and it'll be like warmer or fuzzy or have that. Color. No, I think I think there's actually new design patterns that the world hasn't seen yet that we specifically need for social problems. So, um, you know, what I think we have today is uh, a bit of, it's not copy paste, but we only know how to imagine what we've seen so far. And a lot of what we've seen so far is consumer technology, consumer data. And so think about the problem that's good for solving. A pretty homogenous user base, uh, zero to low social stakes, right? Your only stake is whether your company is gonna make money, um, you don't have to collaborate around solving the problem generally, uh, and you usually just have to find kind of a market inefficiency to solve with algorithms, right? So movie recommendations has been beat to death, but it's a good example of saying, look, we, we are, you know, on a streaming platform, we can get you content better. And, you know, I, Netflix, am going to compete to have the best algorithm to show you your stuff. Um, and Hulu is competing to do the same as is Amazon, et cetera. And there are those classes of problems that you see people now in the social sector trying to port over and say, okay, well, we've got, you know, um, logistics like delivering vaccines. Let's try to build an algorithm for that. that. That's good. That's fine. But the social sector, we have a totally different set of problems. We're trying to solve a social challenge. And as we know, those are wicked problems. They're complex. They're systematic. There's not little chunks of the system that if you easily optimize can suddenly just scale. There's fewer of those types of problems. And that can't be solved by one entity, right? Like, you know, like I said, Netflix and Hulu and Amazon don't have to get together and prove to the government that they have, quote, solved movie recommendation or, you know, created equity in movie recommendation. They're just competing for money. But that, that is the case. If you're going to say, you know, use data and analytics to help you um, deliver vaccines, well, you have to talk about like how multiple parties are going to work together to do that. They all have different data. They all have different processes. Um, and there's a huge learning function that is not as necessary in the for-profit sector at a, at a systems level. So I think that, it, to, when I think about what's exciting today, I think spelling out a vision for what it would mean to not just 
build an app and figure out how to scale an app in the social sector for this or that, though that is also difficult. But what would instead be to say, if we were to try to take a social problem, deliver X vaccines in this area by this time and work backwards, what are all of the ways data and computing could be used by the parties that care about that? You would find a much richer conversation that we're having today. And I think that's really where there's an opportunity for the social sector to lead. So, hey, this is, this is what it would, that would look like. That's pretty different than the for-profit sector. I, I completely agree. I think this is an opportunity for the social sector to really demonstrate expertise and excellence and, and shape the conversation um, and the environment uh, because we, we do have such different challenges and ones that, quite frankly, the private sector is going to have to address and face um, yeah. in the coming years. I completely agree. Jake, thank you so much for your time. Uh, this conversation has been great. I always love chatting with you. Uh, I'll have to do it again sometime. My pleasure. Yes, I, I totally love this. Have me on anytime. I love talking about this with you. Um, and also, if anyone listening to this does care about kind of the data for good landscape or any concepts about building the field, um, I'm over at jake at data.org. You should also just check out data.org generally. Uh, it's really dedicated specifically to trying to build the field and build partnerships across it. So check it out. There's a huge number of really awesome resources there. And this work is uh, only going to keep building. So hope to have you a part of it. Awesome, Jake. Yeah, and the work that you're doing over data.org and that data.org is doing generally is, is awesome. So grateful to, to be partnering with them on a bunch of good tech best stuff actually over the coming year. Thank you to Jake Porway uh, for joining me for today's conversation. And be sure to tune in next week when I sit down with Kevin Bromer of the Balmer Group to talk about funding and scaling technology in the nonprofit sector. Until next time, this is Andrew Means with the Good Tech Fest podcast. <laughs>